This is Laura Van Arendonkbaugh, and you're listening to To Write and Have Written, a writer's guide to the business side. This is an audio recording of the weekly live stream where you can join us each Tuesday on Twitch. Details and a schedule of upcoming guests and topics can be found at lauravab.com. Now to this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, yeah, that means it's Tuesday night here in the land of Lara. Uh, hope you're having a lovely day, evening thing, wherever you may be. Oh, the music is completely gone. Hey, Bridger, welcome back. I'm glad you remembered it was Tuesday. Hey, Kate. Oh, did I kill the music entirely? Oh, let me check on that. Tell me, tell me where you are now. We'll give a moment for the lag to, to process. So, okay. Um, yeah, so tonight is a bit of, uh, well, we have, t- have two topics, really, and we'll play them by ear on how people want to spend their time. First, I wanted to do a recap of my first year of having an author table at Gen Con, uh, which was a lot of work, a lot of fun, and I learned a lot. So I want to share what I learned so that you guys can jump right in <laughs> to your live events in the future. Oh, how can you not hear me? That's interesting. I see my voice making the meter move. Huh. That's really weird. All right. Please tell me if you hear words coming out of my face. I have killed the music. Okay, yeah, so I've killed the music. I didn't do anything to my mic. The heck? What is up? Okay. (laughs) I don't understand. So yeah, we're just not going to meet in the tavern tonight. We'll just hang out here. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I didn't do a thing to the microphone. I didn't change anything. I don't know. I got nothing. So hi, it's Tuesday. (laughs) Hope you're having a great day. We have two topics for tonight. Uh, I'm going to do a recap on my experience at Gen Con, what I learned uh, what I would do differently the next time and, you know, basically try to save you guys some time and effort and money in the future. Uh, and then NaNoWriMo is coming. It's like winter is coming, but with more words. So, uh, we want to talk about that and, uh, and start getting prepared there. And, and I have a giveaway. Let me get, now that I've cluttered up my screen with, uh, with trying to fix the sound, let me get back there. Uh, yes, nano season. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Um, hello, giveaway. Please activate. There we go. Okay. So I am giving away a copy of a paperback from Michelle Harper. It is a seasonally appropriate story. But, um zombie takeover Aww. and um and this is this is not like gore fest or anything this is character driven um girl who hate if a girl who is squeamish about everything and doesn't like the supernatural gets stuck in a zombie apocalypse so how fun is that uh so anyway um cover see fire you know it's gonna be good it's got fire yes so uh, michelle has very generously let me uh give this away. Now I do have to be a little bit of a jerk. Um, and I think Grace <laughs> gotten on to this already. Uh, this has to go to a U.S. recipient. Um, my international friends, tune in next week. Well, I will have an international giveaway for you. Uh, but this week, sorry, has to be a U.S. recipient um, for a variety of reasons, pretty much all relating to uh, joy. Hashtag thanks to Joy. So uh, yes, so um, so yes, con- exclamation mark raffle will get you entered. Uh, if you are a subscriber, you get bonus tickets. If you are a follower, you get one ticket. You must be a follower to win. Um, it's free, guys. Just push a button if you haven't already. There we go. So this will uh, this will get awarded before we are done today. So within the next hour. <laughs> so yes, thanks to Joy. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Um, and I actually know some of the uh, board of directors too, but we don't have time for that tonight. Um, let me see if I missed anything in the chat as stuff is streaming by. It's much more active when everybody is, um, think, hey, 
none of my chat is appearing in the stream and I actually know why because I had to change my stream key and my password and everything because of the Twitch leak this week and so the the lovely feed that feeds my chat is uh, is not showing up so yeah we're just gonna do that and uh, I will just have to keep an eye on the chat coming across uh, in the nor in the normal fashion so okay um, looks like everybody's getting their raffles in awesome and uh, yeah so sorry I'll fix the chat for next time speaking of if you missed the news on the Twitch link, please make sure that you update your Twitch password if you have not already. And if you don't have two-factor authentication enabled on your account, first of all, I'll pretend I didn't know that. And secondly, this would be an excellent time to enable that not only on your Twitch account, but on every account that you care about. Uh, and if I need to do a explanation of two-factor authentication and why you really, really, really want it, I will take the time to do that. So there's your, uh, that's your mom friend nagging reminder for the night. Okay. Yeah, there was a big, uh, it was a big, a big, big uh, leak from Twitch. And uh, so just to be cautious, you know, I changed my password and then I changed my stream key and then Twitch changed everybody's stream keys, which was definitely the right thing to do. But then I had to go through and change my stream key for everything again. And, you know, so yeah, all of that, um, is fine, you know, abundance of caution, all of those things, but do utilize two-factor authentication on anything you care about. These are the rules. All right. Okay, so let's jump in to uh, <laughs> password chaos. Yeah, um, yeah, unique passwords, people, unique passwords. If you use the same password on more than one site, it's like having a skeleton key that opens up all the things and you know, it probably isn't that critical for like your grocery list app on your phone. We don't really care about that, but things like, you know, Amazon, your bank, you know, all of this, these are things you care about. <laughs> so, and Twitch is an Amazon company, just be aware. Okay, where were we going? Oh, right, Gen Con. So, um, so yeah, everybody throw your, throw your raffle in and then uh, I will talk a little bit about Gen Con. So, this was my first year uh, at Gen Con. I, not, not at Gen Con, but to have an author table at Gen Con. Been going to Gen Con for many years. Usually I am doing workshops with Elena. Um, but this year um, we did, I did four hours of seminars um, on Japanese history and fun stuff. And then I went to my table and that's where I lived for the rest of the con. <laughs> so I just would get people to bring me food and drink occasionally. That's the way to do it. Excuse me. I really think there needs to be if somebody needs a side hustle to play with. Um, we need some sort of food delivery service for people in vendor halls. I'm not sure how that would work because you have to have, have a badge to get into the vendor hall, but I promise you there's a market there. <laughs> so because I was the only person at my table. Um, so and you know, maybe in future years, I will, uh, I will buy a badge for somebody to, to, to spell me. But anyway, uh, anyway, so I have no way to do a comparison because this was my first year. However, the table to my left said it was their best year ever at Gen Con. They were a multi-year veteran. And the table to my right said it was one of their best years ever. Uh, and I have some ideas on that. Uh, they are not scientifically valid theories, but they are ideas. Um, so first off, Gen Con this year was very, very different um, because of, you know, kind of a pandemic and things happening. Um, so there was a mask mandate, uh, they had attendance cap. So normally this is a con that gets, you know, close to 90,000 people in a year. I don't remember what the attendance was this year, but they had capped it at much, much, much lower than that. Uh, and so there was a lot less traffic in the vendor hall and a lot more space in the vendor hall because they had fewer vendors. Uh, tables and booths were spaced a little bit apart. Normally the author area is like, the tables are very, very crunched <laughs> and, um, and moving through it is, is you know, just physically difficult and very tight in, in a normal year. Um, and this year, there was like space between the tables and the aisles were really wide. And, um, and I think that was a part of it as people didn't feel crowded, people didn't feel uncomfortable, they felt like they could take their time and browse in the vendor hall 
and um, they weren't being pushed past tables by the crowd and that sort of thing. So that's one idea I have about, um, you know, it was a pretty good, pretty good year for many of the people I talked to. Um, another one would be that, you know, people were uh, just so darn ready to get out and get back to a con and buy stuff. So, uh, so that's an option. And another one was because uh, the con structure itself was so different this year, programming was a lot lighter than usual. Um, you know, usually, oh my gosh, what's the figure? Um, Elena, you might remember because, uh, because we've done so many Gen Con things, but it was like 35,000 events at a typical Gen Con in the catalog or something like, I mean, it's an insane number, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, Kate's saying, wide aisles, cosplay heaven. I don't know, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, Elena says there were fewer than 35,000 people this year at a con that's normally between 80 and 90,000. So yeah, everything felt incredibly different, a lot more spacious, a lot slower. Um, and so anyway, uh, what it just translated into, I think people felt more comfortable spending more time uh, in the vendor hall and maybe spending more time in the author area where they might not usually spend as much time. I don't know. I can't t say for certain. These are just ideas I'm playing with, but uh, people around me seemed to think they were having a pretty good uh, year. I had a pretty good year. Uh, if I had just counted only, you know, the co my cost outlay and then uh, the books that I sold, um, I would have made bank, like, decently. So, um, so that's good. Now, I did buy into the pin bazaar program because this was my first year and I figured go hard. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like don't do this halfway. I wanted people. I knew that in normal years, you know, it's a bit of effort to get attention out in the author area. We're not in the dead center of the vendor hall and it is quite crowded, as I said, in normal years. So I bought into the pin bazaar program uh, so that I would have a special limited edition Gen Con enamel pin for people to come to my booth to buy and that I was hoping would drive traffic. Um, and yes, people on either side of me, you're welcome, <laughs> because it did definitely drive traffic. Um, and actually, I'm gonna grab one of those and show you, because I honestly don't remember if I have shown it on the stream or not, and it's kind of cute. Right back. So, this is my limited edition pin. I'm really hoping it's going to show well on the camera. Um, oh, a little bit, sort of. His face is his face is not. It needs some reflection there. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> his face is not, in fact, black as I think it's showing up on the camera. His his face is um, kind of chromy. Yeah, I can almost get it. It's just not going to show really well. Um, but he's a pen dragon. Pen dragon. Right there we go. Okay, okay there you can see it. It's his little pen nib head and uh, his quirky little expression, he's very cute. Kamrata Arts, who also streams, and you can check her out here on Twitch. Um, Kamrata Arts did this art for me, and um, Kate and Elena helped with the base ideas, so thank you very much. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, a uh, little book pen dragon made out of bookmarks and pages and all the fun things. So uh, people came and played with it, and um, what is it? Oh, Elena says about 19,000 official unique events and more unofficial in 2019. So yes. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. Um, anyway, so people came to buy the enamel pin to fill out their collection. And then they had, you know, get so many pins, get access to rare pins and, you know, all the things. It's a, it's a whole, uh, it's a whole event uh, for some people. And so they would come to that. And this was not a cheap buy-in, um, but I knew that it was not a cheap buy-in. I knew that it was uh, uh, me just basically, you know, like this is this is money I'm going to experiment with and I'll either I'll make it back or I won't. I made most of it back. Uh, I would still like to sell some additional pins. If anybody likes them, let me know. <laughs> I do have some to sell and I'm so close to breaking even on these, um, but I'm just being really honest that um, if I had not done this, I would have made money. But on the other hand, bringing people to my table, you know, was because you know, help was helped because of this. So I'll, I, you know, who's to say I can't? I didn't run a, a double-blind controlled experiment. The way I did this, and there are other things you can do. Um, buying into the pin program, you did get to set the price 
for your own pins. And I sold this as um, $10 by itself or $7 with purchase of a paperback. So people who just wanted the pins would come up like, no, 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 give me the pin, go, buy, great, thanks. And um, people who were like, uh, oh, there's a pin. Oh, there's a discount with a book. Well, I'll look at the books. And sometimes they didn't buy a book and they paid full, full price for the pin. And sometimes they did buy a book and then I sold both. So hard to say. Yes. Uh, oh, yes, I also have cosplay pins. And uh, I'm not sure that I have those in a convenient place to grab. But Elena, if you want to throw a link to one in the chat, that would be uh, legal and acceptable. Um, Elena had some cosplay pins that I also carried at my table. And those are also still available. Okay, where was I going? Um, hold on, I got distracted by pins and dogs. Anyway, uh, yeah, this. so the, the, the opportunity was there. I knew Gen Con was a huge market. I knew Gen Con was a fairly targeted market. Uh, and, and I think, yes, it, it was definitely worth my time and I will be going back and doing it again. All right, there we go. Elena's got the cosplay pins going on. All right. Um, Something I realized partway through, but I didn't want to stop and try to re, re, reconfigure my entire uh, system uh, two, or day, two or three days in, uh, was that I was undercharging for the Gen Con market. Hey, you're a very cute dog. You need to go sit down because I'm busy talking with my friends right now. Yeah, can you hop up in your place? Get up there, go, go. Okay, bye. Life's hard. Uh, <laughs> she's probably cranky because uh, nobody's downstairs to let her outside when she wants to go out and bark at things. So, uh, yeah, so I am used to library fairs, uh, the, occasional, the occasional craft show, you know, things that are not, you know, the geek market. I don't do a lot of conventions, you know, I don't do a lot of cons as an author. You know, I go for cosplay or for other things. And so I had priced everything <laughs> the way a library book fair in the Midwest runs because I'm used to people picking up a book and going, oh, paperback for $10. That seems like a lot, you know. Um, that is not the case at Gen Con. People at Gen Con are used to spending money in the dealer room. They're, and I don't want to, uh, you know, under undervalue myself, but I was feeling, you know, like I should probably price things the way I'm used to pricing things and, you know, trying to, trying to compete. And, um, and that was, something I didn't have to do. I could have charged a more, uh, a more market level price for my work. Um, so for example, I had a Gen Con special uh, with the book Con Job because it's a murder mystery set at a geek convention. It seemed like a good fit for Gen Con. So I just said, look, special, you know, here's all the paperbacks of Con Job are $8 for the weekend. I sold a lot of copies of Con Job I don't think people bought it because it was on sale. Most people didn't even ask the price. They just pulled out their credit card and then, and I would tell them the price. They're like, yeah, that's fine. And, and like, and it wasn't even processing. So there was no reason I needed to discount that book. <laughs> so, uh, so in the future, um, you know, I'm certainly not going to, you know, take advantage of people and jack up the prices. Uh, but I don't feel that I need to try to outcompete. You know, the problem with, with doing, trying to compete on price anyway, is that, you know, the, this, is not, this line is not original to me, but I loved it because it sums it up so well. You know, if, if you race to the bottom, you might win. <laughs> and, and that's bad. Um, so in, you know, in some venues, people are absolutely shopping on price. That's not what I would prefer to do. My, I write good books. I write really big books. You know, if I have a book that's 180,000 words, it needs to cost more than somebody else's book of 70,000 words. That's how that works. And that's not just value, the value of me typing. That is, it costs more to print that and it costs more to ship that and all of those things. Um, but yeah, Gen Con, uh, people were shopping much more on, does this fit the kind of thing that I like? Yes, no. And that was their flowchart. <laughs> like the price price really wasn't a factor. Uh, I did have a number of people, and this felt great. I had a number of people buy book one of the Shard of Alon series, and then they would come back the next day and pick up books two and three. That feels awesome. Um, and again, I had bundle discounts. So uh, if people were you know buying all three books, I could um, I would give them a discount for that. And I think that may have helped sell a couple of books. 
Uh, but for the most part, you know, I didn't need to try to compete in price. What I needed to do was, you know, emphasize what my books were and then let people identify this is what I like or eh, that's not really my thing. I'm more into sci-fi at the table next door. So uh, yeah, yay, second day read through, right? Like that is, there is, there is, there is never a time that doesn't feel awesome. <laughs> yes. So that was fantastic. Um, definitely liked that. Uh, so things that, uh, things that worked well that I will definitely do again. I ordered myself some banners uh, to hang on the wall behind me. Gen Con has uh, a bit of a different setup that no place else I go has, which is if they've got the, um, their art panels. I don't know. They're the things you hang up at art shows to put fine art on, but they're modular walls that snap together. And they have those uh, at an angle, kind of making a little V behind each table. So instead of just, I did take, uh, I have a floor banner that I took and I set that to one side. I don't think that actually did that much for me. It just made me look like gave me a hard edge to my, to my table. Uh, but I had, and I, and if you were on the stream when I was doing my Gen Con prep, uh, you got to see these banners, but I bought two three by three banners that then could hang in uh, without, uh, hang against the wall in that corner. Um, and, and those were very, uh, they had my book covers, they, all, the, all the background art was from a cover. Uh, so I was trying really hard to go for tone uh, there. Again, I've said it a few times, I'm gonna keep saying it. Half of marketing is filtering out the people who are not your target audience. So if people are walking by, look at my banners and keep going, I've done my job. I saved their, their time, I saved my time, right? Yeah, most Gen Con attendees go planning to shop, unlike many cons. It's a huge retail con. Absolutely, and that is something I failed to take into consideration when I was planning, but I will do better next year. <laughs> so I was actually really, really happy. Gen Con is a local con for me, and I was there for four days, and two of the days I took additional stock from home when I went in because I was burning through stock. That's a real good feeling too. <laughs> That's a real nice thing. Um, and I'm thrilled that I'm local so I don't have to like pay to ship that by a plane or whatever. Um, so also on my, on my tables, I have a little pop-up banner on the table uh, for the Songweaver's Vow. And that is the book cover and the tagline. She tells Greek myths to entertain Norse gods until one of her stories leads to murder. So it's just the book cover and that tagline, uh, and it's just a little pop-up banner. I also had a sign that just had the cover only of Shard and Shield. Uh, and then I had the books, obviously, on display on the table. Songweaver's Vow was my best seller for the weekend. Uh, I think there were several factors that led to that. One, it's got a pretty good cover. Uh, two, uh, it's, it's a standalone, so you don't have to worry about, oh, am I getting into a series? Well, I like the whole series, you know, that kind of thing. It's standalone. It's so easy to pick up. And three, it's got that banner with the tagline on it, whereas Shard and Shield also has a pretty cover, but does not have a tagline. So guess what I'm ordering <laughs> for my next live event is a pop-up banner um, with the cover and a tagline to try to uh, help get it, get that, um, stuff moving. Hey, hey, please, please stop making noise. Thank you. Okay. Um, if you were on during my Gen Con prep stream, you may have seen me putting together my fiction sampler. And uh, so I, that was that was fun. We settled on a chocolate box theme. So uh, it was all done up like a like the the cover of the of the book is done up like the top of a chocolate box ribbon and everything. Uh, and I did not do in the beginning, a great job of pushing that. So lesson learned, I need to be more proactive about saying, hey, would you like a totally free book to download? It's right here. I don't ask for your email address or anything. It is 100% free, go. Uh, because once I started mentioning that more often and more proactively, people really liked it. Oh, this is a great idea. <laughs> I love free stuff, you know? And um, so then they would pull out their phone, scan the QR code and get a free book. Who doesn't like free books? Okay, so this is not a totally free book. This was a sampler. So I had, oh my gosh, I don't know, maybe 12 things in there. I had one complete story, one complete short story, and then a lot of 
excerpts or first four chapters or something um, so that people would be able to browse through and say, oh, I really like her urban fantasies, but I'm not that crazy about her epic fantasy. And then they could, you know, click to get the rest of the story. Uh, and so people loved that concept. I did not get as many clicks, as many buys out of that as I would have hoped. But on the other hand, I really didn't push it that hard and that from a percentage basis, it wasn't that bad a ratio and I should have prepped those numbers so I had them here and I didn't. Um, but uh, it's not, you know, it, from a percentage basis, you know, the, the number of people who clicked on a purchase link out of my free sampler uh, probably means it's worthwhile. I just need to do a, better, do a better job of handing out the free sampler, if that makes sense. Um, and yes, I was using tracking links in the sampler so I would know how many people clicked the links. Okay, I don't know who clicked the links. Don't need to know who clicked the links. I just know people did click to buy, so. Okay. Um, yeah, and then as I mentioned, I'm sorry, just quick checking my notes. As I mentioned, I am going to raise my prices for next year. Again, the goal is not to rip people off, but also my expenses at Gen Con were much, much more than my expenses at you know, a local library book fair. Uh, if I go into, there's a public library in the town south of here that does a book fair, you know, annually, uh, invites authors in to, to sell. And that doesn't, I think that one, it doesn't even cost me anything. Like, but, but, but most of the places that I do need to buy into, we're talking a very, very minimal amount. And it's hundreds of dollars to get a table at Gen Con. So, uh, you know, it's not unreasonable to, to raise my prices by a few bucks. And I had at least four people um, tell me during checkout, oh my gosh, your prices are so low. Are they, are those right? Are those, is that, is that, is that the right price? And I, when people are telling you as they're paying you that your prices are too low, you should probably just believe them. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I want to answer any questions that people have about Gen Con. Um, I have done a lot of live events and, um, have typically been pretty successful frequently at a um, an author fair or something. I, I will be one of the more successful tables. Uh, and I, I feel like I've had some pretty good experience and I brought a lot of good experience to Gen Con. But again, yeah, I knew it was a I knew it was gonna be a very different venue and I'm like, oh now I have learned more things to make it better for me the next year. But uh, but yeah I will need to uh, I will be doing it again and she's going to be making some modifications to uh, to make it even more efficient and more profitable and maybe a little bit more fun because, uh, you know, I, I don't mind being the only person at my table for the most part, but sometimes I need a toilet break. <laughs> so probably going to buy a badge to uh, to have somebody else available to help me. Uh, Kate volunteers to be my food runner. Great, Kate. You're booked. I'll see you next summer. Um, I've got your badge. See you then. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Does anybody have any questions about you know, live events in general or Gen Con in specific or anything like that? If not, we will go on to winter is coming. NaNoWriMo is coming. Hello, Kyle. Welcome. We're just wrapping up our Gen Con recap and we're about to launch into NaNoWriMo. So let's actually just go ahead and do that now. So, um, oh, again, sorry, real quick, if anybody drifted in late, we are running the raffle. I don't know if that is um, showing up in the chat or not, but exclamation point raffle to win a paperback. Sorry, this week it's US only. Next week I will have an international raffle. Uh, so sorry. So there we go. Oh no, what did I do with the book? I've misplaced the book. This book right here, Zombie Takeover by Michelle Harper. Zombie Takeover, Michelle Harper. All right, <laughs> there you go. All right, um, jumping on in. Okay. Oh, oh no, Grace says, note to self, stop lending out books. I can't find my copy of Con Job. I'm sorry, I would ship you one, but hashtag thanks to Joy. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, all right, so let's talk about NaNo. 
NaNoWriMo, real quickly, I just want to introduce it because actually I talked to several people uh, recently who were not aware of what NaNoWriMo is. Uh, so I directed them to the website and gave them a primer, but real quickly, if you're not familiar with National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, haha, uh, First of all, yes, it is an international event, not a national event. And I have had a conversation with, um, you know, the current, I guess he's the CEO. I don't know. Does Nano have a CEO? Whatever he is, he's, he's the president, the CEO, something. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know, but we can't change the name now, which I kind of get because that is definitely their brand. So uh, it is the International National Novel Writing Month. Um, and uh, so that is when people sit down um, Nominally, the official goal is to sit down during the month of November and write 50,000 words in a new work of uh, prose, probably fiction. Uh, however, there are no NaNoWriMo police and you can do what you want. So uh, there is also a huge amount of support for being a NaNoRebel, as the, as the phrase goes, which means rather than 50,000 words in a new piece, I'm going to do 50,000 words in a novel that I was already in progress, or I'm going to do 20,000 words in two short stories, or, you know, what? okay, okay, I write epic fantasy. For me, 10,000 words is a short story, but maybe for other people, that would be multiple short stories. The point is <laughs> that you can do many things. It's really the best way to utilize it is as I'm going to take this month to focus on my writing in a different way than I do normally. Uh, and if you are not familiar with NaNoWriMo, uh, or if you're not sure how to get the most out of it, I would strongly recommend you visit my topic, my episode that I did on that last year. And um, I've got a blog post on that and then that, that stream and together I uh, have a lot of ideas and tips on how to get the most out of NaNoWriMo and how it can really help you wherever you are in your writing career because it is so flexible and so adaptable. Uh, so... <laughs> Grace says, thank you for mentioning the international aspect. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they, when, when it got started, nobody had any expectation that it would become what it has become. And now that now it's just so permanently baked into the branding, you know, in no rhymo just isn't. Yeah, I know. So but you're, you're correct, because absolutely people all over the world do NaNoWriMo and that, that's where it is. Yeah, Bridger says it was like 23 people the first time, right? Yeah, it's like, People just sitting around like, hey, let's do a challenge. Let's do a thing. Oh, gosh, it's exploded. <laughs> so now it's this big um, nonprofit. So uh, so I here here here's like let's let's talk about um, getting prepared for National Novel Writing Month, wherever in the world you might be. And uh, and then definitely feel free to throw your ideas into the chat uh, so we can and do this. Oh, great. And the raffle is ended. So let's go, let's go officially choose a winner and then come back for nano tips. Dun, 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 dun. All right. And the winner is, and just so everybody knows, I'm using Streamlabs to run the raffle and randomly select a winner. I have no input on this, um, but I'm not going to take the time to try to get it on screen. And sewing is half the battle is the winner. That is an Elena. Elena, you have won the zombie takeover. Ta-da! So I will get that to you. And everyone else who is interested, it's by Michelle Harper. You can acquire it easily at your favorite retailer all over the places. Elena says, woot, fantastic. Okay, sweet. Let's jump back and talk about Nano. So, um, I have no idea where I was going. <laughs> so sorry. Got so shiny, shiny raffles. All right. Um, the first thing is to decide like, what do I want to get out of NaNoWriMo? Do you want to start a new book? Do you want to finish an existing book? Do you want to work on several projects? There are many ways you can do this. So um, <laughs> Kate says it's going to be some serious shipping to get that book to Elena, right? Right? Very difficult. Might take a whole day to get there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, and I have not yet decided what I'm doing. I am probably going to try to wrap up an existing manuscript for Nano this year, but I might also start, start some new stuff because I don't know if I have 50,000 words left in the existing manuscript. And so I might do a little bit of A and a little bit of B and 
mix and match my columns. The point is you can do all of those things. So just decide what you want in advance. Then you have the choice of, uh, and, I, and I know a lot of the people in this chat are, are nano veterans, uh, but one of the things I, I recommend for NaNoWriMo is it's a great time to experiment. If you normally do things in one way, but it might not be your most efficient guaranteed way, use nano as your experiment phase. Because one, it's all about pushing your limits and, and anyway, okay? And two, it is a set duration. It is the month of November. So if you try something new and it is a hot dumpster fire <laughs> and this was a terrible idea, it has a fixed end where you have a point to say, look at my data, oh, that didn't work at all. Or look at my data, oh, it felt really uncomfortable because it was new and different, but the data says it works really well, okay? So again, it gives you a fixed experiment phase to play with things. Um, so, so Grace says, uh, several things stuck between draft and publishing, so that may make it an ed editing or publishing RIMO. Yeah, absolutely, it's your time, do what you want. Kyle, uh, if you are asking about Zombie Takeover, this one is a paperback, yes. Um, Grace, you can count words for editing uh, because there actually is an official scale uh, for the Camp NaNoWriMo's in the summer times, I'm sorry, summer in the Northern Hemisphere, <laughs> inverted for you Southern Hemisphere folk. Um, and I can't remember offhand if it's one hour equals a thousand words or something like that, but there, there is an exchange with an official, an official exchange rate. Uh, so you can either be a total rebel and be like, I do what I want, or you can count your editing hours and convert them and log your word count in that way. So, oh wow, Bridger is going to experiment with pantsing. Excellent. So yeah, the, again, nano is the perfect time to experiment and just see what happens, uh, <laughs> which is terrifying. Yes, <laughs> but yes, welcome to the land of discovery writing. It'll be fun, we have chocolate, it's fine. And Kate says, pants party, woo, all right. So, um, okay. So if you are not Bridger and uh, you do need to plan, uh, maybe make an outline or uh, a list of bullet points or whatever you, whatever is the way that you plan ahead for your writing, uh, October is a great time to be doing that. So you're not sitting in November going, I wonder what I'm supposed to be working on, okay? And even if you are a pantser, either by habit or by experiment, uh, you can still have some bullet points that, that you're still a pantser if you have a premise and a place to go. You still get to sit in the pantser table. So, <laughs> awesome. Patricia says, I would like you to know that I typoed that as I am experting with. So I will take that as a Freudian vote of confidence. Sounds fantastic. Let's do that. We, even if you are not planning ahead for your story, so you're not doing outlining, you're not writing bullet points, you're literally just going to sit down on... October 31st at 11.58 and chug an energy drink and see what happens, okay? Um, you still can be doing some planning in October for NaNoWriMo. <laughs> Except, uh, Kate says, and planning during October will distract you from angsting over your forthcoming book. Yes, and we will be talking about that forthcoming book later, so go eat some chocolate right now. Um, okay, Kyle asks, have you ever... Blitzkrieged an entire chapter of a novel in one sitting. Absolutely, um, because chapters can vary a lot. Um, frequently, my the shortest chapters I ever do are about 1,500 words. Those are pretty darn sh short for me. Again, my genre tends to run long. There are, if I were writing, you know, contemporary romance or cozy mystery, those that would be a long chapter, right? Um, but I can I can do 1,500 words, you know, in a in an hour if I'm if I'm, you know, have a clue what I'm doing. Um, and uh, yeah, so you, you, can, you can do that, but I need to emphasize everybody's different, right? So I know people who sit down and write 200 words and that's a complete writing session for them. And I know people who sit down and write 8,000 words and that's a complete writing session for them. And I can be both of those people on different days. <laughs> it just depends how much I've eaten lately, okay? So, um, so yeah, the, again, and this is, this is where I'm getting to about uh, planning is I can sit down and say, okay, 
I need to set aside time for writing because if I just wait for time to open up to write in, it's probably not going to happen. All right. Um, so I need to set aside time to write. So is that going to be in the morning for you? Is that going to be in the evening for you? Do you have a commute where you sit on a public transportation seat and that can be your time? Or do you need to like nestle into your favorite easy chair with your super special writing blanket on your lap? And I am not judging, not at all, because I have writing routines too. Um, and But just, you know, you need to sit down and plan where am I going to fit writing into my day? Uh, so quick check here. Um, Grace says, I have a whole pile of new paperback and hardback editions to format. Yay! An hour a day is going to get a good chunk done. Yeah, exactly. I've done a 10K day twice, several 8K days over the years, but 2K is more usual. Yeah, and honestly, like, I think my biggest day ever, and this is insane and I don't recommend it, um, I want to say was 17K. I don't know. I didn't actually write it down. But I cannot maintain that. Oh my gosh, I, like, I couldn't write it all for a couple of days after that, okay? Like, there's no point in hitting an insane number to just burn out, right? Think about sustainable, think about what is actually going to be efficient over the long term, not what's efficient for today. Um, and, you know, that's, I'm, I'm going to be more productive over something I, with, with something I can sustain than, than oh, yay! I got the bragging rights to, you know, for you know, today on the forums for having a big number, but now I can't actually do anything for the next couple days. So, so, um, 19K in a day, Bridger. Oh my gosh. That's like a lot of fingers. Um, <laughs> Kate's wrapping yourself in a blanket. No idea what you're talking about. Um, Oh, hi, Shy. Welcome. Uh, I have a lower word count, but I do a ton of research. Yes, yes, yes. And again, research is stuff that you can get done in October. So in November, I've got all my facts packaged neatly into, you know, my, my notes, and I can just blitz through things. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> okay, Bridget says, Oh, yeah, I can't maintain it at all. That was a panicked burst of can't work on scary project A, and therefore I'll be very, very busy with less scary project B. Why do you think I have multiple writing projects going at a time? Absolutely. Yes, there we go. Um, yeah, and Grace did do 50k in like a week sitting in Rotorua or something, which was amazing. Um, she says it kind of bummed me, burned me out, but I did really enjoy it. Yeah, that's the thing is I can get high off those really productive days, but that doesn't mean, I mean, me personally, I, I can have some really, really productive days, but that's not efficient for the long term because it's like a spike, but then a lot of recovery. And, you know, just again, find the system that's working for you. And if you have a day when you're extra productive, fantastic. And if you have a day when you're less productive, we it'll average out. It really will. So, um, Hi, Joe. Welcome. Joe says, I try for 1K and if I get it, then I don't feel guilty. Yeah. And, and honestly, you don't have to feel guilty if you don't, if you miss the 1K too. Like there are no NaNoWriMo police. They will not kick in your door and take your laptop. Okay. <laughs> like the whole point of this is to push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone and experiment and see what works for you. And if you're like, okay, I didn't experiment and that doesn't work for me. Cool. Now we know. And if you didn't experiment and it does work for you, cool, you have another tool in your toolbox. And if I didn't make it to 50,000 words, but I did make it to 32, that's 32,000 more words than I had when I started. So still a win. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Yes. Um, yes, yes. Um, yeah, and okay, sorry, there's a little conversation going on between Shy and Grace. Yeah, you can log word counts and things uh, on the site outside of NaNoWriMo. They, they have an account you can keep track of things in year round, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but but yeah, the, the official fun is in November. So, all right. Okay, um, so if you've set aside your time that, you know, this is going to be where I make time to write, uh, whether that's the same time every day or different times a day, whatever, um, then we're ready to the next step. And if you are not doing the same time every day, if, you're, if your schedule is going to vary by day, as mine does, then this next step is even more important. And this is where we are going to build in some environmental cues. And I know Bridger just sat up and got all excited <laughs> in their chair uh, 
because uh, because this is where this is where the behavior fun gets to come out. So uh, so <laughs> yeah, we have uh, we have environmental cues that help us to um, whether we're aware of them or not. They are extremely effective at prompting behaviors uh, in us. And if you are uh, like for me. If I sit down in front of the TV, which I don't tend to do a lot, but when I do, I want to be snacking. This is the habit I have built. Television is the cue to put food in my mouth. So it's probably a good thing that I don't sit down in front of the TV a lot. Uh, but that is a, you know, I, I'm just aware that that is, that is the thing. That is the, that is the cue. You probably know people, um, you know, smokers who, who tend to, you know, sit in a certain chair and then they want a cigarette or, you know, these kinds of things are, um, they're real. Um, <laughs> Richard says, you know me, LOL. Yes. Um, okay, Grace says, a writing hat. Ooh, Grace, please tell us about this writing hat. Um, there are many things that we can use for environmental cues that we're just going to use consciously for good rather than like the television cueing Laura to put junk food in her face. Uh, so common ones would be music. I'm going to play either a certain playlist or even a certain, you know, a certain style of music or even a very specific collection of songs for a specific project that we're working on or something. Um, but I'm going to have music. I don't tend to make playlists by project. That's not how I work. I have writing music, which is a playlist of like 35 or 40 hours <laughs> of particular ambiance that I'm going for. Um, but some people make a very specific playlist for this project that they're working on. And if that's helpful to you, do that. Uh, I will write either in silence or I'll have my ambient writing music going on, which is usually like a lot of epic stuff, uh, two steps from hell, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and, and that's what's useful to me. If I am not in a good aural location, uh, so for example, I know Kate spends a lot of time writing in coffee shops. That makes me crazy. I will gnaw my arm off because I can't work in that environment, but then, oh, headphones, thank you. Okay, these kinds of things. Um, the hat is just a plan right now, says Grace. I'm going to sew it and reserve it for writing only, as I wear a lot of hats generally, so none of the existing ones is going to be special enough. Yay, yeah, oh, great plan. Uh, Kate says, but then the sickness came. Yes, I know, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. Bridger, I was actually gonna mention your focus blanket because I've seen you post about it on social media um, and I freaking love the concept. So Bridger has a focus blanket, which is also a passive cue for the dogs that mom can't come to the phone right now, please leave a message, which is a great way to say that. Your needs will not be met unless it's emergency. Don't ask while the blanket is on. Yeah, so I wasn't going to call you out specifically, but I was going to mention the concept and I'm glad you mentioned it here, um, that that blanket is a visual cue to your pets, you know, hi, mom is playing with her imaginary friends right now and is not available, okay? Um, and it is also a huge cue to the person wearing the blanket that this is, we have entered this mode, we are in this phase. So yeah, um, so that is that is great. Um, yes, <laughs> Grace, Grace can also just hop up to Rotorua for speed writing. Limited internet and hot springs uh, are part of that, yes. And uh, yeah, for those of us who don't have access to a geothermal hotspot for, for writing focus, we have focus blankets and playlists, yes. <laughs> so another thing you might consider is a specific drink. This is my writing drink. Um, so whether that is hot chocolate or a particular flavor of coffee or whatever, but something else that's like, now this is my, I'm creating my environment here. <laughs> I seem to have misplaced my geothermal hotspot. Darn, yes, Bridger, I know, right? Kate says, I like the idea of New Zealand being a focus cube, right? Let me just hop on a plane and go write a book. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so location, if there is a specific uh, chair or a specific spot on your bed or something um, like, you know, the bed is a sleeping area, but the bed plus my special blanket turns it into a writing area. Okay. These are all options um, to play with. The idea is just being that you are creating something that puts those environmental cues into effect so that when I sit down and I have my drink and my blanket, oh, now I am in my my imaginary friend's world and we're having a conversation, <laughs> okay? So, uh, yeah. Um, or Okayama, yeah, okay, you know what? 
I was supposed to be getting on a plane in two weeks for Japan. That's not happening. Let's not discuss it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bridger says in theory, I was supposed to have a work laptop and a not work laptop. Yeah, that's, um, that's probably a little bit more expensive option than the blanket or the coffee, but it is certainly an option. And I actually do know people who do that. Um, yeah, <laughs> Bridger says, but I lasted about five seconds before I was 0.5 seconds before I was like, this is very inconvenient. Yeah. And, um, Grace did first three nanos on one particular couch that ordinarily I never spend that much time on. Yeah, so these are things like pull in uh, things that will just help you to help you to focus. And it, we know these are things that work. Like, you know, people with uh, insomnia are warned not to do a lot of work in the bedroom because it messes up the bedroom cues. You know, is this sleep time or is this work time, right? So keep those environmental cues as clean as possible. Uh, make it really, really obvious when you're sitting down to write. And then that means when you sit down to write, we're not gonna alt tab over to the work email. No, we are not, okay? The blanket, the drink, the music, all of these things mean that we are working on writing fiction. We are not dealing with work email. These are the rules, okay. Oh yes, Grace points out Alpha, Alpha Smart. Yeah, um, and Bridger's, Bridger's chiming in as well. And that's a really good way to avoid alt-tabbing over to the work email because it's literally just a word processor with nothing else and it won't allow you to cheat, right? And um, the other thing that I will do um, if I'm, and I don't do this in all my writing sessions, but I do do this in a, in a crunch session where I'm trying to get uh, stuff done as quickly as possible for whatever reason, nano or, you know, something else. And so what I will do is anything that is uh, happening on my laptop is actively putting words into the fiction document. And anything I need to do that's other than that, like, oh man, I just need to look up really quickly, you know, what year did this kind of carriage get, come out or whatever, uh, that all happens on the phone. And I don't like, <laughs> I'm Gen X, so um, I don't like doing my, the, a lot of computery work on my phone. This is for quick things, not for long-term things. So I will get that done as quickly as possible so I can get back to a proper keyboard that's not operated by thumbs. And so that helps me to not get distracted when I'm doing you know, just a quick check for something. So Kate says, oh, I do have a separate writing laptop. I should try this. Yes, all right. Um, and stay focused for Chrome, Bridger suggests. Do I have enough self-control to avoid checking Facebook? I do not. Do I have enough self-control to push a button that says, don't let me access Facebook for the next two hours? Yes, I do. Fantastic. Yeah, utilize all kinds of tools. We are the bosses. So, oh no, random ad break. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, actually, I don't have a lot of control over those, but if you subscribe, you will not get the ad breaks. I can control that. I do have ads turned off for subscribers. Sorry guys, that's the best I can do. So um, <laughs> I need to look into a Discord blocker, says Shy. Yes, or it's just, um, I, will, I will be known to, to I will uh, sometimes close apps that I just don't want coming into my work zone. Yes. So, all right. Um, and Focusmate Grace, chimes in be good all right okay okay all right do we um so hopefully the ads are over and with any luck it will actually pick up where it left off and not just have lost that period of time under the ads i'm really sorry guys uh so <laughs> Kate says, I'm sound out of all my social accounts on my work laptop. And since I can't remember my passwords, I can't log on. That's hilarious and excellent. And I kind of want to recommend LastPass to you, but also I kind of want you not to log into your socials on your work laptop so you get more writing done. There we go. So, <laughs> all right. Um, Focusmate is a co-working space online. Grace is clarifying that Focusmate is a, is a good option. So that is good too. Yeah, and, and this is another one of know, know yourself and know uh, how you work well. I do not work well at group write-ins. That is not a thing that helps me get stuff done. Uh, I will do group write-ins as a social event, knowing that I will not get writing done, specifically to support other people who are benefited by group write-ins, okay? 
So I will go to them in a nano year. Um, this year, again, there are no live write-ins uh, for NaNoWriMo. There are no official live events uh, for pandemic reasons. Uh, but you know, in, in previous years, I would, I would go to the group writing event knowing that I'm going to get like 200 words down instead of a couple thousand. And, uh, but I would be really helpful and supportive of the other people. And then I would go home and write, <laughs> right? But I know other people who are really, really uh, efficient and, uh, and benefit from those group write-ins. So again, it is a know yourself and set yourself up for success there. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm checking, checking. I have an old slow netbook that is good for writing and minimal research, but will freeze up on distracting sites. Grace, that's awesome. Yeah. So I just need this to, uh, I just need this to, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, take, take my words and, and, and record them, but don't do anything else. That's great. Um, Bridger says I can do text-based word wars and love them, but I super suck at in-person write-ins of any type. Yeah. I'm just not, that's, again, it goes back to the coffee shop environment. That's not how I work best. Yeah. If anyone is existing near me while I'm trying to write, the brain won't go. Yeah, I don't know. It's just for something, for me, the social cues are there are people around me. So I need to be thinking social thoughts and I want to be supportive of those people and help them. And, you know, oh, okay, do you need, do you, you know, do you need help with this thing? Do you need a drink? You know, whatever, I can refill your, your whatever for you. Um, and then I go home and I'm like, oh, quiet space, now to work. <laughs> okay, that's just, yeah, you just need to know how you work. So anyway, oh my gosh, we are closing on time. So if anybody has any more tips or uh, questions or comments or anything, throw them into the chat. Uh, but yeah, so we are, we are closing on Nano and I just wanted you to be planning for that. Uh, and there we go. And what, what, what? I feel like, I feel like there was something else I was gonna tell you guys, but I have no idea what it was. But next week we will have another raffle. So invite all your friends. And if you would prefer to avoid ads in the future, please consider subscribing because I can't stop the ad breaks, but I do turn the ad breaks off for subscribers. So there we go. Um, and that I think is the info that I had for you. So you hop over to, we are gonna go raid the Elena. Our raid call is everything is connected. And please, please come up. Thank you. <laughs> Waffle. Yes. Oh, Elena's having audio issues. Give you 20 seconds. All right. I will, I will vamp for the 20, 30 seconds. Vamp, 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 vamp. Okay. Actually, this is a good time, good month to talk about vamping. Um, and one of the things that I am considering working on for NaNoWriMo. Um, first of all, obviously I need to, I need to wrap up Kin and Kind, which is in revisions and I hope is in final revisions, but I don't actually know if the revisions are final yet. So I'm just going to eat a lot of chocolate. Uh, then I also want to wrap up The Poet's Eye, but there's, I'm pretty sure I don't have 50,000 words left in that. That should be really, really close to done. So, uh, and that is the serial that is ongoing, um, but I will be talking about some, uh, some options that I might be doing with that, uh, then. Um, oh, it's really fun. Like and this is connected in my head. I promise. Um, the poet's eye is a serial. One of the ways to access the poet's eye, poet's eye is to be, uh, on my Patreon and my patrons today are getting to vote on, uh, what they want for October because I, uh, everybody at fate here and above gets, um, a new short story or audio, uh, release. Uh, monthly, and I don't usually try to do something seasonal, but you know, there are some months where seasonal just makes sense. Like December uh, is the seasonal month. Uh, you know, it's the seasonal month. You know what I mean? It has has a has a major holiday that people tend to know about, um, and and October has a has a thing that in the United States anyway, Halloween is a really big deal. Uh, it's just you know as a fun fun cultural event. Uh, so. Oh, hey, Shy, thanks for subscribing. I appreciate that. Yay. Um, and anyway, so I gave him the option of I either uh, this particular Halloween story, this story uh, set in Heian, Japan, about a female omyoji fighting a Lovecraftian horror, 
uh, which was written for a specific thing but was not actually published there. So, um, so it's available and so so specific with like Lovecraft in Heian, Japan. Um, that's never going to find a publishing home elsewhere. <laughs> so, uh, so that's an option. Uh, or like, let's do a live chat with me about, you know, ghost stories in my family and that time a ghost story may have saved my life. And uh, so I gave them three options and I went and checked on the poll today and I had three votes from three people in three different <laughs> categories. So I don't know, I need to go check on that when we're done and see, uh, see where those votes are going down. So anyway, we are going to hopefully uh, go raid Elena at this time. Thank you guys for joining me. And uh, I had something else I was gonna say, but it's totally gone. So I don't know. Oh. Um. And then I will see you guys next week. Bring your friends for the raffle. And uh, remember our raid call is everything is connected. Take care, I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. You can find details on the weekly live stream, upcoming guests and topics, subscription and support information, and more at lauravab.com. Your shares, reviews, and support are very much appreciated. Until next time.